This is the Sideline Dissident Podcast coming to you from YouTube, iTunes, Facebook, Spreaker, SoundCloud. Follow me on Twitter, as always, at the Brad Whitaker. I am the Brad Whitaker. Uh, got a quick podcast for you today. I don't have much for notes, uh, but I'm still going to try to cover three topics. Uh, I said this was my last full podcast of the year. Uh, that's not true. This is my last video podcast of the year. I'm actually going on a big road trip, uh, so I'll be doing some audio podcasts only on the road. Uh, it might be a bit sloppy, so please excuse me if it is. Uh, so, first topic, I'm going to talk about the four NFL teams that I think you really should watch out for going into this postseason. Uh, we're still three weeks out. Anything could happen in those three weeks. Apparently, the Cincinnati Bengals actually still have a shot at winning the AFC North. I wouldn't watch out for the Bengals. I wouldn't watch out for any team in the AFC North, to be honest. I mean, I do like the Ravens' uh, defense, but as you saw from the New England Patriots, they can be beat with the right scheme. Uh, so four teams, four NFL teams to watch that... Uh, I wouldn't want to face, if if you root for one of these four teams, you're probably in good shape, uh, but we're going to start, of course, the New England Patriots are probably the team to beat in the NFL at this moment in time still. Uh, it, the reason why the Patriots are tough, I know everyone's saying, oh, they're vulnerable because Gronk is, isn't out there. While that's definitely true, they signed Martellus Bennett in the offseason just for that very reason. Now, when Bennett and Gronk are both out there, obviously the Patriots are even more dangerous offensively. Uh, but I must say, last uh, uh, Monday night when the Patriots played Baltimore, that was the best I had seen New England's offensive line look since Tom Brady took over for Drew Bledsoe in 2001. That's no exaggeration. They've slowly built up that offensive line, and uh, they, I mean, they just signed Shaq Mason to a contract extension. He's young. Uh, they got a, they got some veterans in there that are all around 27, 28 years old, and they're drafting an offensive lineman every year. Uh, I think the Patriots are pulling from the Dallas Cowboys playbook there. Um, they're going to try to give Brady that protection for the next few years in his career, uh, but New England's O-line, if they can protect Brady, you know, they have, a, they have a game against Denver this week, so we'll see how that O-line has improved since last year. But, you know, that offense really can control time of possession in ways that I didn't think they could. LeGarrette Blunt's a great runner, and then they still have James White out there, who's he's a running back, but he's pretty much a wide receiver. And then we all know what Deion Lewis can do. Uh, everyone forgets that he's back there uh, with Tom Brady taking handoffs. So... I'd watch out for the Patriots. Their defense is middle of the pack at best, but they keep teams from scoring. They're one of the best red zone defenses in the NFL, and uh, I'm not a huge fan of Matt Patricia as defensive coordinator. I think he's smart. He mixes things up, but that defense has gotten better because of Bill Belichick. Let's face it, I'd want to avoid the Patriots in the playoffs at all costs. But if there's a team that I think that is capable of beating New England... Look, I've raved about the Oakland Raiders, but Oakland's in trouble because they lost to Kansas City twice. You know, they have they have a very tough schedule and they caught a bad break having to having to go to Arrowhead uh late in the year. Uh and I'm not going to discredit that team, the Oakland Raiders for losing in Arrowhead on Thursday night. Uh but the fact of the matter is they have lost to the Chiefs twice and 
the Kansas City Chiefs are, you know, there's always one playoff team in every sport that people don't anticipate being good. In the NBA, most recently, is the Toronto Raptors. In Major League Baseball, it was the Cleveland Indians. Nobody thought the Indians were going to be, everyone was picking the Cubs and the Red Sox to go to the World Series. Indians swept the Red Sox in the first round. Uh... I think the Kansas City Chiefs are that team in the NFL. Uh, they've always been an under-the-radar team. Andy Reid is an under-the-radar coach. I don't think he's the greatest game manager, but I think he's up there with Bill Belichick as a head coach in terms of game planning. Uh, they don't make many mistakes. That defense causes more turnovers than I think any other defense in the league. Uh, if Kansas City wins the AFC West, which I think they will do, assuming they can hold these last three weeks of the season... That's going to be tough. In New England, Patriots don't exactly have the easiest schedule either. So if Kansas City can somehow get home field advantage. Patriots play the Broncos this week. They always have a tough time in Denver. Kansas City wins this week. Uh, I think they'd be in first place if that would happen. Uh, Patriots still have Miami on the schedule late in the year. In Miami, they're fighting to get into the postseason. If the Chiefs get home field advantage... I think they're the clear-cut favorite in the AFC. I'm not even picking the Patriots if the Chiefs can get home field advantage. But they can also win on the road, too. Uh, They won in Atlanta uh, because of their defense. Uh, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are a very dangerous team. And if they get home field advantage, I think they're the clear AFC Super Bowl favorite. Now moving to the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys. Look... They lost to the New York Giants, and it's true that Dak Prescott has been exposed a little bit because clearly teams have more film on him. They know how to stop him. Uh, That being said, it's still the best offensive line maybe ever in the NFL. They can run the ball very well. Dak Prescott works well in that run-oriented offense. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, so explosive, so athletic, and you give him those gaps That's why he's been so dangerous all season, even as a rookie. Same with Prescott. Um, And that's part of the reason they've been able to keep that balanced offense. And Prescott has really had been able to make a lot of easy 5, 10, 15-yard throws accurately to help the Cowboys' offense and control time of possession all season. But the reason I think Dallas uh, is actually... I'm more encouraged by the Cowboys, not because of their offense from last week, but because of their defense. Uh... The New York Giants offense is nothing spectacular, but they did hold them to 10 points. And every week, that defense seems to get a little bit better. And uh, I think if Dallas if Dallas has a defense capable of holding some of the best teams in the NFC under 20 points, then they're going to win. Uh, obviously, uh, Jason Garrett has a lot to repair offensively after that tough loss on the road in New York. But that's always a tough game. Uh, Giants, uh, Cowboys, they still have a difficult schedule going forward. If they lose to the Bucks this Sunday, then things get a bit shaky. Uh, but I'm still not counting them out just yet. But a team I would not want to face if I were the Dallas Cowboys is the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I'm not buying Atlanta's defense just yet. But this is the best offense in the NFL right now. Uh, Maybe. Maybe they're the best. I think you could argue Oakland might be better. I think New England, the way their offensive line is improving, might be better. But I think the Atlanta putting up 42 points against the L.A. Rams. I know the L.A. Rams are have been a disappointment all season, but they still have a strong defense. 
Uh, that's part of the reason I thought they gave Jeff Fisher a contract extension because of that defense. Of course, they fired him, but uh, yeah, it. I would be very worried about the Atlanta Falcons. That Cowboys defense still has a ways to go if they want to stop them. But Atlanta is a dangerous, dangerous team, and they're capable of scoring 40-plus points against any defense in the NFL. Uh, it's become an offensive-driven league. I think with that in mind, you just you have to watch out for the Atlanta Falcons. I know they've never been a great playoff team, uh, but I think this is the year that could finally change. So, uh, I was hoping, just, I didn't know if it would work, but when I heard Jeff Fisher got his contract extension a couple weeks ago, I, uh, I kind of said, okay, well, clearly the Rams are excited of what Jeff Fisher's been able to do with that defense, uh, then they gave up 42 points to the Falcons, and it was like, okay, yeah, we need to fire Jeff Fisher, but my original thought was that the Rams would keep Jeff Fisher, uh, because that defense is so good, but hand a lot of the offensive responsibilities to a great offensive coordinator that they could fire in the offseason. I mean, that they could hire in the offseason. But that's not going to happen. I thought Lane Kiffin would have been a great choice there. I thought Jeff Fisher delegating the offensive duties to Lane Kiffin might have been a wise decision for the Rams. But the fact of the matter is, uh, Lane Kiffin didn't have that many job uh, openings. Uh, He interviewed for the Houston job. He's been the offensive coordinator in Alabama, but his failed head coaching gigs at USC and Tennessee were clearly too much. And, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin has a reputation as a guy that has a bit of an ego. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. Of course, (laughs) he's had to coach under... Uh, Nick Saban, the college coach with perhaps the biggest ego, not saying Saban isn't great, but he's, he's, people don't like coaching with Nick Saban, uh, that's pretty clear, I, I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying that, but Lane Kiffin, uh, he's going to Florida Atlantic, uh, my first thoughts were, uh, is Florida Atlantic even a Division One college football program? Well, they are. They are. They're in Conference USA. Uh, but the more I look into it, the more I think this might actually be the right choice for Kiffin. Look, sometimes in life you need a blank slate. You know, I I started this podcast because I just wanted to start something from scratch. I could have tried to, uh, you know, I've been a sports blogger. I could have tried to get gigs elsewhere. But I wanted to start this because I wanted to do something on my own that was my own vision. And I think that's what this decision is for Lane Kiffin. I think he could have found a pro, a more well-established program than Florida Atlantic. But if you do some research into Florida Atlantic, they are a program. They're in, uh, what are they in? Boca Raton, Florida. Lovely place. I wouldn't mind uh, living in Boca Raton, Florida, assuming the oceans don't rise too much. But, uh... 
It's a program that has some of the best facilities in the nation, apparently. And look, if you're in a, if you're looking to start from scratch, but you have great facilities, that's that might be a wise decision for a coach that you know has had some failings elsewhere. Sometimes you have to fail as a coach a few times. Uh, you know, Bill Belichick failed in Cleveland before he went to New England. Uh, I think this could finally be the time for Lane Kiffin to succeed, and it'll be fun because if he does, then he'll put Florida Atlantic on the map. Now, Lane Kiffin is known as a great recruiter, and every year you hear more and more that college coaches want to look into the state of Florida for talent. And if Lane Kiffin has that territory, you know, I mean, here's a coach that has recruited on the West Coast, he's recruited in Tennessee, uh, he's been in Alabama as an offensive coordinator, He he's already established these recruiting bases, and then you add Florida to the mix? Look, this is a program that, I mean, it's going to probably take two or three years for Lane Kiffin but he has everything he needs to build a program, to build his vision of a successful program. And look, Conference USA isn't isn't obviously a powerhouse conference. But you go undefeated in Conference USA, which I suspect Lane Kiffin might, if you give him two to three years to build that program, suddenly you're in the top four. And I do think the college football playoff will expand to eight teams at some point within the next two to three years. I argue it should be 16 teams, but if they expand to 8 teams, and Kiffin can have a team that is a one-loss or an undefeated team and can sneak in there, I think he can build a program and put Florida Atlantic, make it a school that people have actually heard of. Now, is Florida Atlantic going to move to the SEC sometime in the next decade? I don't see that happening, but if you want that to happen, hiring Lane Kiffin was the perfect choice. I'm interested to see what he can do. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So, uh, my third story... I haven't talked to NBA very much, so uh, this is a topic I've ad- I've addressed in the past. But uh, look, the NBA season is uh, it's it goes on for what nine, ten months? I mean, it goes on forever. You know, I Major League Baseball doesn't go on this long. NFL season's actually pretty short when you compare it to the NBA. Uh, you know, the NBA season starts, they start what, uh, I don't know if they call it training camp in the NBA, maybe they do, uh, it starts like right when the NFL regular season starts, and then by mid-October, the NBA regular season's beginning. It's such a long season. So, when people are giving the Cleveland Cavaliers, and LeBron James specifically, crap for resting against the Memphis Grizzlies... If you haven't heard, LeBron, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love will not play tonight in a regular season game against the Memphis Grizzlies. I understand the argument that if you're a family and you can really only afford to get NBA tickets for one game a year and 
you splurged and you got that Cleveland Cavaliers Memphis game and then you find out LeBron Kyrie and Kevin aren't playing, yes, that's disappointing. It's also a life lesson for your children that sometimes business decisions have to be made that aren't in the best interest of the fans and I don't blame Cleveland for choosing away games as rest days rather than home games because you want to give back to your own fan base and We've seen this a few times. I think LeBron had a rest game in Indiana, like, two weeks into the season. Excuse me. Uh, it's a long year, and every year we expect LeBron James to be back in the NBA Finals, and he's managed to do that somehow. So when people give him crap for taking a rest day in early November and mid-December, why do you think he's doing it? I mean, it's amazing that LeBron hasn't been injured very much in his career. I mean, it, clearly he takes care of his body very well. Uh, and with that, you have to emphasize rest more and more. I mean, we, we're we living in a world now where sports trainers are no longer saying, hey, you, you don't get to the... You get to the top by working harder than everyone else. Yes, that is true. If you work hard, chances are you're going to succeed. But that's not everything. This is the NBA. This is the professional level. Most of these players are working very, very hard. You need rest. You need to know when your body's saying you need rest, you need to give that rest to your players. And for this will be, I'm just going to make a bold prediction and say the Cleveland Cavaliers are probably going to make it to the NBA Finals this year. Uh, this will be the third straight season, if that happens, that LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin have gone to the Finals. That means when the regular season ends in April, early April, they played a postseason through late April, all of May, and most of June. Think about that. The NBA season starts in October. They don't get any rest. Oh, uh, LeBron James gets the summer off. I mean, you think he's not working out? You think he's not tweaking his game? I mean, it's such a long season in the NBA, and you know the league isn't going to shorten it because that would hurt revenue. 82 games is a lot of time to play basketball. And then... A three-month playoff after that? It's not quite three months, but almost three months? That's ridiculous. So, we encourage LeBron, we judge him, we judge NBA superstars by the number of NBA championships they bring. Well, if LeBron wants to win an NBA title again, he needs to be as fresh as he possibly can in June when he faces the Warriors in all likelihood. That's what's important. Not some regular season game in the middle of December in Memphis. I'm sorry, Grizzlies fans. If you got tickets to this game, yes, it sucks that LeBron's not playing. And you don't get to see Kyrie and Kevin out there. Boo frickin' who. This is the NBA. It takes 82 games just to get to the regular season. 
players are exhausted at the end of it. This is why I harp on Russell Westbrook for that and James Harden for that isolation, one-man style of basketball that they play. It's exciting, and yes, they're winning games in November and December. The Rockets and the Thunder are. They're probably going to win games in January. But are they going to keep winning in February, March, April, and then are they going to keep winning in the playoffs, playing that style of basketball? James Harden and Russell Westbrook are going to be burned out by the time the NBA All-Star break approaches. This is the way the league works. It's a long regular season, and sometimes you have to give players rest. And if you're the Cavaliers, these guys have played a nine-month NBA season for two straight seasons, and in all likelihood, they're going to have to do that again. They've learned from it. They know they should emphasize rest. That's important. You have to sit your superstars sometimes, and sometimes you have to take losses. I think the Cavaliers would rather be a four seed in the Eastern Conference with LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin rested and healthy than to be the number one seed and exhausted. Look, it all you have to do is get into the playoffs, and half the teams in the Eastern Conference make the playoffs. Chances are the Cavs are still going to be the one seed. It's fine if you want to throw a few games I mean, I know they're not throwing it, but rest your superstars because what's important is winning games in May and June in the NBA and not December. And it's not like the Cavs aren't going to the playoffs anyways. So this is my last video podcast. Uh, I'm, I'll am i be doing a few on the road. Uh, I'm traveling home for the holidays. And when I'm home, I'll be uploading some content that I've already shot. Uh, but... Uh, stay tuned for that. That'll be up on YouTube, and there'll still be podcasts up on iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, all of that. Uh, but until then, I bid you adieu.